0: to the skies. It's time for Space down on 95 BFM thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. <laughs> Hello, Josh.
1: Kia ora, how's it going?
0: It's good, it's good. Now, okay... We've got a bunch of really quality space news, thanks to the Stardom. Where are we starting? We're starting about this crazy, we're starting with a crazy asteroid, which is even crazier than you can imagine.
1: Yeah, we uh, had a really kind of surprising but interesting discovery at an asteroid uh, last week, which was um, after NASA's Lucy spacecraft did a flyby. Um, But yeah, basically it was, doing a flyby of this asteroid which was kind of a test for the spacecraft mission.
0: Okay, firstly Um, start at start at what is Lucy? (laughs) What the heck is Lucy doing and where's it going?
1: Yeah, so Lucy is a spacecraft that's going to the Trojan asteroid. So they orbit near Jupiter um so it's yeah pretty far out but the spacecraft at the moment is on the way so it's passing through the asteroid belt um and astronomers found this one asteroid that's basically on its way so they said hey we're actually going to test out all the systems we're going to make sure that you know the cameras and all that are working um so yeah they they flew past this one little asteroid it's called dinkanesh it's about 800 meters um it started to take photos um and the first photos that it sent back of like this high resolution image of the asteroid showed that that asteroid actually has a moon um, which is yeah, yeah pretty cool to find that of moon.
0: Uh, does uh, it had a moon does and, the moon orbit in traditional moon fashion like around the the asteroid or does it just follow along behind it
1: yeah it, 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 it orbits around it so yeah it's kind of that circular probably elliptical path around the asteroid but it's you know, it is quite interesting because you think of an object that's 800 meters wide. It doesn't have a lot of gravity, but, but it, has it has enough. A moon
0: around it. it has enough gravity. 800 meters across has mm. enough gravity to how what how the little objects following it. How big are they?
1: Um, I think yeah, the moon is about 200 meters, so that's also very, very small, you know, astronomical terms, um, but they it's very weak gravity, so for these two objects to, you know, be orbiting around each other it's just a really surprising find. Um, but, yeah, the, the kind of second discovery that NASA made was uh, basically after the spacecraft had taken the photos um, and it had flown past the asteroid, then turned back towards it from another perspective and you know took some final photos. Um, and then, after about a week, when we actually got those images back on Earth, we found that that asteroid or the moon of the asteroid um, is actually what we call a contact binary. So, that, that's basically two objects which have touched in the past or basically fallen towards each other and then fused together to create like a single object. So, it's the first time that we've found. Uh, contact binary as a moon, which is really fascinating.
0: So they can tell from the, from from whatever, the spectrum, the visual, the the photograph, that these, Mm -hmm. they're from completely different places, these two little moons that have joined together.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we've we've studied these things before. We've had a few other missions to other individual contact binaries where, you know, the, the most big giveaway of one being a contact binary is they basically look like peanuts. So you imagine mm. two kind of large lobed things, but they're connected or kind of jointed the hip. Um, that's usually indicative of that they've, you know, slowly over time merged together as opposed to you know, a lot of asteroids which, like, violently, you know, smash into each other and but kind of destroy themselves.
0: But, they can tell that they're different materials just by, like, doing a spectrum reading, or would they be yeah. would they be from the same same thing, the same bit yeah, of... Yeah,
1: well, I mean, they're going to have to go over the data, but, we yeah, we can actually find a lot of that information out, because when we take, um, you know, spectrum, we learn about the compositions of, you know, what that part of the rock is made of. Um, you know, if you find that they're both very, very different or even different ages... Um, that really will confirm that they are a contact binary, but yeah, from from initial images and looking at it just visually, it definitely looks like the ones that we've seen before, and it's, yeah, the first that's bit you know I mean a moon around an asteroid, which is really fascinating.
0: Any other interesting bits of science to come out of this particular story?
1: Well, I think it it kind of bodes well for the mission in general, because you know this is just one of nine planned asteroids that Lucy's going to be visiting, and, you know, I think what we find with all of these space missions is every time we think or, oh, you know, predict what we'll find, we, you know, we always find something new. And I think we're hopefully going to find some really cool, interesting, you know, information from all those nine other asteroids that it's going to. So, yeah, we're kind of just constantly surprised in
0: space. Mm. It's just blowing my mind uh, how they plot <laughs> a trajectory through space to be able to visit nine different asteroids. Does, this, does oh, the spaceship just yeah. have a little booster where it points itself in a different direction once it goes past one asteroid?
1: Yeah, and it, I mean, yeah, spacecraft, it does have a thruster so it can, you know, move and navigate, but um, it basically is doing this, like, really crazy dance with Jupiter and the inner solar system where it's actually using gravity from the planets to fling itself around, and, you know, through the solar system. So we call these gravity assists, and it basically means um, spacecraft don't need to use as much fuel because mm. they actually just use the gravity of the planets, which in itself is just... You know, so much math and astrophysics goes into that, but it's really impressive. Yes.
0: Is there any way that our little spacecraft could affect the gravity or the orbit of these little moons that it's visiting?
1: Yes, yeah, I mean, probably way too small. I mean, Lucy's, you know, probably roughly like the size of a car. Um, so, yeah, the gravitational effect of Lucy would be minuscule compared to the asteroids.
0: Okay. All right, Uh, the next story on the block this evening is astronomers release amazing first images from the new uh, Euclid (laughs) Euclid telescope to search for dark matter and energy.
1: I thought it was Ooslid the other day. Uh, No, it's Euclid. Yeah, uh, we've had the first image releases from, um, this is one of Europe's new space telescopes called Euclid. Um, Yeah, so they they launched this earlier this year. They've just released the first images and they're just really amazing, stunning images. They're very on par with, you know, what we saw from James Webb about a year and a half Mm -hmm. ago. Um, And this is also kind of exciting because this is a visible light telescope, um, whereas, you know, the light that astronomers choose to study the universe is usually infrared, so when we do get visible light images, um, they're always just really beautiful and it's I think it also creates a lot more scientific engagement with the public when it's you know visible light or light that we can see essentially.
0: Can you give us a bit more background on this telescope, is this on Earth or is it in outer space like the James Webb? Yes, yeah,
1: so this is a space telescope, so it actually lives in the same area as James Webb, so mm. it's about a million and a half k's um, from Earth. Um, but, yeah, this this telescope, Euclid, is designed to basically study dark matter and dark energy, which um, we don't know what that is, but we know that it makes up about 95% of the universe. Mm. Um, so what Euclid is doing is basically studying and mapping between one to two billion galaxies in which, in, you know, invisible light. Um, and from that, we can hopefully answer, you know, exactly what dark matter is. Uh, and dark energy is because it is interacting with galaxies and all those things Mm -hmm. Uh, we just have no idea what it is so i think you know not just the pretty images hopefully we actually get more information about this really elusive thing that we would know nothing about
0: okay nice and uh nasa is holding off on sending commands up to its mars fleet for a couple of weeks
1: yeah so um, this this happens about every two and a half years but basically um we are currently in solar conjunction with mars so that basically just means mars is opposite earth uh, with the sun in the middle Mm -hmm. um so yeah essentially signals are blocked to mars so for about two weeks we lose communication with all spacecraft on and around mars um so yeah nasa and all the other space agencies they basically send a bunch of commands to the spacecraft they do a little bit of work but they're kind of just laying low for a few weeks Um, And then, yeah, communication hopefully resumes with all of them probably at the end of the month.
0: Okay, amazing. Uh, What sort of science is on hold? Uh, They stopped flying the little helicopter? Does it mean the little helicopter is (laughs) grounded?
1: Yeah, so they're they're grounded all spacecraft on the ground. So the two rovers, uh, Perseverance and Curiosity, they're not moving. And, yeah, the little uh, Ingenuity helicopter is also grounded. Mm. Um, But, yeah, they they still conduct science. So NASA gives them kind of a chore list of, you know, measuring you know radiation imaging looking at wind and weather cycles. so they still do work while stationary mm-hmm. um, and all the spacecraft that are orbiting the planet are also still mapping um, but yeah they've got a little bit of work but it's it's nothing crazy just because they don't want you know any of the spacecraft to get into any problems because yes. you know if they do get into a problem they're basically on their own till the end of the month
0: okay nice now what's happening in the stardome in the next couple of weeks josh
1: Um, we have, we've uh, added another sci-fi show this month, um, which is Interstellar again, because it's so popular Mm -hmm. and keeps selling out. Um, so we've got a, yeah, final showing of Interstellar at the end of this month, if anyone wants to see that. Um, and we have this really cool thing. It's called, it's a planetarium like art show, um, which we are kind of airing here next month in December, um, which is called XYZY. Um, it is a, it's this art show in the planetarium where it's kind of like our, uh, like our laser light shows, the Pink Floyd ones, which is super visual and buzzy, is how I could describe it. Um, but it's yeah, it's by the artists uh, Jess Johnson and Simon Ward, and it's it's such a cool thing. I saw the trailer a few days ago. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to see something really cool in the planetarium, real buzzy, um, definitely definitely book into that. There's a trailer on our Instagram.
0: Okay, nice one. All right, so just. Uh Head along to the Stardome on Instagram and or stardome.org.nz to find out more on all these shows and get your tickets. Cool. That's fun. All right. Hey, Josh, thanks so much. We'll chat we'll chat to you in a fortnight's time, mate. Cool. Speak to you then. Bye. Control, we are docked. That was spaced out on 95BFM thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.